0: Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is
1: Nikki Collins. What up guys? This is hey, this is Emani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This
2: is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation. Hello again. It's Friday as we record this. I'm not sure what day you're actually going to see it if you're on the podcast feed. But uh, we've got more exciting news in free agency. We've got some exciting news and speculation in college. The Olympics are almost over. There's a lot happening. So we're going to talk about it. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm here with Logan Jones. Logan, help me. Hey, what's up, Steve? It's good to be here.
1: Oh, yeah. Nice, nice lunchtime uh, recording for our Friday episode. Yeah. Not, not our typical uh, slot, but glad to see some yeah. of you on the Twitch stream watching us uh, record live. Good good have of you to be here.
2: Have a good lunch and learn. Uh, some lunch I think learn. some, some companies call it. I knew that we get to you. Some phrases just make me tired. And that's one. <laughs> is there a more, is there a more forced fun phrase than lunch and learn? Like, or, or if, uh, if you work somewhere where you, it's like, we're going to have a happy hour and I'm like, happy hour needs to be an hour of the day. And I would actually posit that the real happy hour is lunch. Uh, and a lot of it's <laughs> cause I'm not here. I'm going and eating lunch, but that's me. um, so, Logan, if you uh, wouldn't mind going around the gauntlet, let everyone know where they can find the show. Good deeds, good times. It's plug time. We need a sounder right there. Like, plug time. And then <sighs> <coughs> plug, plug time. Plug, 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 plug time. Cool, all right, let's do it. Uh, obviously,
1: we live stream all of our episodes on twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. You can come be a part of the <clears> conversation <throat> there as we record. Uh, you can also subscribe with an Amazon Prime sh- uh, membership. You can subscribe each month uh, on the Twitch stream, which helps us out a lot. So we appreciate you do that. Obviously, you I, I re up audio. today.
2: Yeah, I said I re oh, up today. I didn't even do it. So if you're on Twitch, yeah, it's Amazon around that brand. time. So go get it done. Um,
1: if you found us uh, audio wise, you already know we are everywhere podcasts are found. Like, subscribe, five star reviews. We appreciate all this. That helps us get found. Uh, this off season time is is really a time where. The show, uh, we, we all have different creative ideas, and we we try to pitch different things, have different people on, and, and kind of keep the following building so that when the, the draft and the season rolls around, we're just ready to hit the ground running. Uh, I know Steve did an awesome interview with uh, economist Dave Barry just a second ago. Uh, not a second ago. It was, it was a couple episodes back now. but just a few seconds. Uh, if you're that. interested in the business of women's basketball, definitely give that one a listen.
2: We've got some really good feedback from that. I'll pause it to say, even if you're not, it's, it was just a really, really fascinating discussion. Is yeah, really fun, very
1: very cool, uh, and you can be a part of our Twitter family as well. That's kind of uh, where we started this whole thing, Uh, and that's you can still find us at WNB Nation Pod. That is our Twitter home. Uh You can also follow our individual Twitter accounts because Jason Snow, our producer, sent out a tweet recently, Um, which and if you do that. Jason Snow. That's a that's a rare sighting, so we're excited about that. And we have a story
2: dot story page, <laughs> com. I, I love that you just <laughs> scooped. He sent a tweet. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it's about, but he did it. He I, I did was one. just excited to
1: see him pop up on my feed. Uh, <laughs> he did do dot You can get some of our new designs. We got shirts. We got mugs. I actually need to order a mug because I saw Anila order a mug, and now I'm jealous of our own show's mug. Um, so I need to get one. Uh, those are the plugs.
2: Plugs. Plugs. Thanks for listening. Yes, uh, we have a lot to dive into. We have a bit of a quick turnaround, around, so we're going to have kind of a lightning round question round. I think just based off some recent news. Let's let's hit it first with the iconic number zero, Logan. And by zero, I mean no longer number eight. Now number zero, Liz Cambage officially signing with the Los Angeles Sparks uh, officially on the roster. Uh, she signs for 170K, which is well below um, the, the max and under the Sparks cap. So we'll see what goes on there. Uh, and I, I think it's a little, it's not necessarily story as much as it's a nice little additive that she transitioned to number zero out of respect for Delash Milton Jones, who was number eight for the Sparks. So that was a nice little touch, but it's officially official. She did, Uh, speak on the matter briefly in a quick quote. Uh, She uh, says, and I quote, it's always been my dream to wear purple and gold to play in LA. This is an incredible opportunity to compete for championship alongside Neca Christie and a deep talented team. So all signs, I don't know that you make a quote like that and then say, sorry, (laughs) I'm sitting out to rest my legs and play with Australia. Like, you know, that seems like we're definitely going to be seeing some Liz Cambage in 2022. Uh, We've obviously known this news is happening, but now it's officially official. Do any of the details that have uh, uh, surfaced around her signing change any perspective or reinforce any of your perspective when this news initially broke?
1: Yeah, um, I mean it's a short term deal. It's for 170k. To, remember the max is uh, like 220 or 230. So she's like as as you mentioned, she's well below that mark. I, I think she was really born to be an LA Spark. I don't think that's just lip service when she says that she's always dreamed of wearing the the purple and gold. I mean she she's always had the personality that wanted to be in the big city. I think she worked really well in Vegas. Obviously, she had a lot of success there, but. Um, LA was one of the few destinations we really expected her to, to land this season. If she were to step away from the aces, um, just because her, you know, Liz Cambage doesn't work in a, in a, I mean, she didn't work in Dallas and she wouldn't work in, in Indiana and she, you know, maybe even a, like a Seattle, like another really good team, just not really her scene. Um, this way she gets to be her marketable self in the biggest market in the country. She mm-hmm. absolutely gets to continue doing her off the court. Um, like DJing and things that she's interested there. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities for her endorsement wise there. I mean, it's, it's all the reasons people want to go play in LA. Um, on top of maybe she was thinking about not playing this season. And then the Sparks came along and said, how'd you like to make 170k? And I realized in sports terms, that doesn't sound like a lot, but in real person terms, it's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I could spend a yeah. summer playing basketball with you guys, make a, make a cool six figures. That's fine for me. So, uh, I think my biggest takeaway here is it's, it's not big news that she's gone to LA and it's not massive news that she's taking a pay cut. I think the real news here is that she's going to play. It really That's looks really, like, I, I think uh, yeah. she is excited to play with NECA and company. And I think we can expect to see her on the court the majority of the season.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think it, a lot of what we're, um, yeah, I think a lot of the, what peaks out of this is it, I, it would be a shock at this point if she wasn't suiting up in 2022 because just based on everything we're seeing, based on her quote, it really seems like that's eminent, which is, I think, a huge plus, obviously, for everyone, regardless of your Sparks fan. Because I just think the league's a better league with Liz Cambage playing in it. And, <laughs> I, I you know, it, I have a I have a
1: wild hypothetical question for you. OK, Do you, so because we I think we both find this Sparks team really interesting now. Interesting is a good way team, to put it do you think the team is more interesting if they win their first six games or lose their first six
2: games? <laughs> you see that's I like how you put that <laughs> as a fan of another professional basketball team who went out of their way to make a headline level of moves as opposed to maybe more role centered moves and didn't start out very strong and now currently aren't playing very strong, I would much rather see this Sparks roster have some level of competitive success. Um, And I think it's, so it's probably, I think it'd be more interesting if they won seven of their first eight and we're looking really, you know, intense. I, I think that's, that's extremely interesting. But on top of that, it's, um, are we going to see, is the, the the new brand of the Sparks going to be palpably different? Is there going to be yeah. a new level of intensity with the way that a lot of these players play? Because when you look at this roster, um, you know, I think because I was going to go down this list with you, but the roster is full of a lot of some might call it combustible parts, but I just think it's a roster that can have an attitude that if it comes together works really well because that was Chicago last year. It was, they started with a, a weird ineptitude. It looked like, and then they put it together because those personalities sync together. And, you now look at a roster that has Liz Cambage, Jordan Canada, Kennedy Carter, Tia Cooper, Lauren Cox, Rilla Grantis, the Oguma Katie Lou Samuelson, Brittany Sykes, Christy Tolliver, Amanda Zowie B. Um, it's Full of a lot of that type of attitude. This could... This has legs of being... Potentially the best defensive team in the league. Like, that could happen. Um, it, They could be a team that regularly... Uh, teases the century mark, points-wise, every single game. Or they could go 2-10 and ten in their first 12 games. <laughs> All scenarios don't surprise me. Like it, like it's, like yeah. it's, 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 this is the lead, the hardest team to predict for me because it could go a long way. And all the factors of it come down to, is Kennedy Carter prepared to, uh, take on a new role in a new city and, and show herself with a new level of maturity? Uh, is Liz Cambage hungry to essentially, my assumption here is to take over a team because I think a lot of, uh, why I could see LA appealing, and we'd see if how Neca feels about this. But in Dallas, it was kind of Sky's team, and Liz Cambage was there helping along. And then in Vegas, it was Asia's team, and Liz was there helping along. And I think Liz really wants the Sparks to be Liz's team. She wants Liz Angeles. Yeah, she wants it to happen. And yeah. and does that work in a way that brings the roster together? Or does it work in a way that it continues to cause fringe frustration? Because again, the comparisons to Chicago are interesting to me because we saw Candace go to Chicago and publicly and in headlines that became Candace Parker's team. She's what took in a lot of those, but every key member of that roster fit, came together, worked together and became the threat that they became. And Candace embraced that. You know, she, I don't think she ever took this attitudinal, like, hey, Sloot, hey, Clee Copper, step back a little bit. Let's not forget whose team this is. She leaned into all of it and basically said, where do I fit? Where do I contribute? And I'm curious where that, that dynamic is with this roster. And it's just, there's so much happening.
1: Yeah. This, this team you you know how I feel about Los Angeles Sports for the most part but even even I have to admit like this team might be the one I'm most excited to watch to start the season for so many different if, reasons if, the biggest being that they're their, the, their yeah. big acquisitions that I mean their major acquisitions on paper make them so much better as a team you pick up Kennedy Carter who's a great scorer you pick up Liz Cambage she's one of the best bigs in the league she can go for 50 not a lot of players can do that like they can give you night winning type performances but you and I both know the circumstances under which Kennedy was released from the Atlanta Dream, or I guess in a trade, but she was all but suspended for some drama behind the scenes there, which we all, I guess it wasn't very behind the scenes. That's part of the problem. It was very public. And then Liz, who her whole career, the one thing we know about Liz is she loves her some Liz. And she should. We both yeah. love Liz. <laughs>
2: I don't. We think she's I, great yeah. for the league.
1: But, I've been I, I've they, been bullish enough in
2: saying Liz being Liz is exactly that. It's great for but, for but the league. If, yeah, if that team does
1: not win enough early, it could be a disaster. Because yeah, I mean you're you're looking at a team that if if you make moves that on paper make you a lot better, and something happens where I and I don't even mean in a personality sense. I mean maybe just Neko K and Liz Cambage. Maybe their games just don't match up that well. And if they're not successful early, and remember the top. Part of this league is going to be really good. Like it's going to be very top heavy league. If they've got a really bad record 10, 12 games into the year, you're going to start to see the wheels come off of this Sparks team. And it it you use the word combustible. That's the word that I had in mind as well. (laughs) And and on the again, the I'm not rooting for that to happen. I think it'd be very interesting if it happened. What I think will happen is it'll be somewhere in between because they could also just be a really good team that needs some time to gel. They have yes. a lot of good pieces in place and they made some good moves this off season. And I think it's finally time for Katie Lou Sanderson to have a good season in the WNBA. So yes, it could just be that they are hugging 500 all year and there's no soap opera that happens, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise either of us if this becomes a little bit of a train wreck that we can't take our eyes away from.
2: No, I, I, I already had said before this, the Liz settings official, if, ever the WNBA wanted to do a, their own version of a hard knocks series. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is the team because it's, it's, it's the roster. It's all of the, the intriguing personalities. And then it's like, what's Derek Fisher doing? Because for some reason I'm picturing Derek Fisher as a substitute teacher in the back, just at his desk, like just like reading the, reading a magazine and just like, Anyone believe? Okay. Like, what's,
1: I'm, I'm asking lots of win-loss questions to you, but what, what's the Sparks record have to be for Canbeige to start leaking complaints about Fisher or just outright calling for his job?
2: I think she would be willing to see through that for a season. Because that's sort of... Uh.
1: <laughs> it's too easy for me to picture, if things aren't going well, stories starting to come out from... Un you know unnamed sources that some players in the locker room have. A I think if with they're,
2: with. I think if they're sub five hundred after the All Star break, if they're more than I'd say two games out of the eight spot, if they're a nine seed and five games out of the of the eight spot, then <laughs> yeah, it's very possible that that could happen. Yeah, I, I hope because sports
1: fans listening understand. Like, there's there's every indication that this will be. Uh, kind of a lower tier playoff team that wins a lot of games and plays some fun basketball this year. It's just that there are some obvious cracks that we see in the armor and we're not sure if it's going
2: to hold together. But then also it's the, again, it's that uncertainty. This roster can also be gangbusters. Like it's, it's insane when you think like in a vacuum, you know, Kennedy Carter's garnered a lot of intrigue and excitement as a player. But you also have a lot of different backcourt combos that are really intriguing with this team. Jordan Canada and Kennedy Carter, Jordan Canada and T. Cooper, Tia Cooper and Kennedy Carter, any of those players in Christy Tolliver. Like, you know, yeah. we haven't seen really enough at a Garantes to know if she'll, if she'll gel into a star. You have Katie Lou, who has been a consistent solid piece for every team she's played for, but can't find a home. What if she finally goes crazy and is just like, I'm just going to do what I know how to do and be solid. You have Amanda Zowie B and Brittany Sykes who can both block a basketball 10 rows into the crowd. (laughs) Like the roster actually has an ability to really carry a lot of intriguing
1: and and a legitimate, I mean, I think in order to contend for a title, you need to have a player that can be an MVP caliber player for you for most of the year. Mm -hmm. And you've got a Liz Cambage and a Neko Guma who I think fit that bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we haven't seen it from either of them yet, but they're the caliber of player that can kind of define the season. And that that's not the LA Sparks that we watched last year. And it's a crowded... I mean, it's a crowded league. There's only 12 teams and about eight of them are good. Six of them are really yeah. good. And the Sparks are going to try to make some noise against some of the best rosters in the league.
2: Well, certainly. Now, I want to switch the gear on this and ask one more question. And then I have kind of one more thought and we'll have to wrap this up quickly. But... The one question I haven't seen anyone dive too much into, I mean a little bit, but not enough, that I actually think is as intriguing as anything else. How do you feel if you're the aces right now? Because you did just <laughs> lose Liz Cambage. Like, it's, it's an interesting case of, like, I'm intrigued that there isn't much discussion on one, like a generational big just left your team... And yes, we've seen evidence of the Aces being really, really solid, even without her. But is there any level of frustration? Is there any level of panic? Is there any level of let's rework the strategy because we we don't have that to plan around anymore? Are you feeling that confident about Kalani? Are you like Kalani Brown's going (laughs) to work out for us? Like, what's the...
1: I think I, don't know. I mean I can't speak to what the Aces feel like in the locker room. I don't know what kind of teammate Liz Cambage was. I don't know how tight they were with her. I don't know if this is heartbreaking for Asia Wilson or what. But you have to define yourself by what you do have. I think part of the Sparks' problem last year is they very much felt the loss and the absence of Candace Parker, and they Absolutely. didn't really have an identity beyond where the team just and, lost it, was, and it
2: was on and off the court too. I yeah, mean, it was very yeah, much loss lost the leader.
1: I think the Aces might be. A better team because of A, they, they added Becky Hammond as a coach and, and Bill Lambier is a really good coach. Like they, <laughs> they were having a lot of success under him, but maybe the new energy that, that coach Hammond brings and the knowledge of what you're going to have every night. Um, I do think that there's something to be said for not having to deal with. Uh, is she going to suit up? Is she part of our game plan? Like who's playing what position? What are our rotations? I think those really play a factor yeah. in wins and losses.
2: I wonder too if, and this is an interesting potential NBA comparison people may not like, but also it's it's an interesting thought. I wonder if part of it could also stem from when you like Becky Hammond's coaching history of. She's leaving a head coach in Greg Popovich who was kind of known to not really work with traditional centers very much. He sort of liked working better with two fours than he ever did like a traditional five David Robinson and company notwithstanding. standing, <laughs> but the type of player, I mean, I think any team would want a Liz Cambage, but I wonder if in the back of her head, she's like, if she signs somewhere else, I have the pieces to work in my system. Like this is going to be very different than Bill and First of all, Derek and Hamby can finally just be a starter. Freaking finally. Um, That's true. We're like, gonna actually have a, a competition for six women of the year this year. Yeah, like uh, which which I'm thrilled about, but I think you have that Hamby Wilson front court uh, mantra that could totally work. You can give a good solid minutes to a Kalani Brown. Uh, You know, looking at their roster numbers, their official as per their website is nine deep. I, I haven't looked at all the transactions, but they still have room to to add some other consistent pieces. I and I just look at when you look at their recent pickups for Kwan Williams, Chelsea Gray, it they they seem to be modernizing their roster to more of a small ball, impact scoring type of setup and. I see it, I understand it. So I, I see why there wouldn't be as much level of panic, but it comes out that side of I think I'm I'm the Aces, the narrative is almost the same but just for a different storyline, which is let's say the Aces start out lukewarm, even going 3 and 4 in their first seven games. There's going to immediately be that narrative like so they miss like man. Imagine if they had Liz here to kind of hold the front court down. Maybe this would be different. You know, it's that idea of like, are they going to wade through the same discussion? Well, they, Probably different. But yeah. Yeah. The further
1: away we get from uh, this last season's playoffs, the more happy I am with how they played out because now there's no fretting over, especially with the, and, and I'll add the, the way that the playoff format has changed makes a big difference, right? Like there's no more. It used to be the top two seeds, yeah, got a double by, they were automatically going to play in the semifinals. They took like a week and a half off while the playoffs played out. That's not a thing anymore. It's just a straight one through eight bracket. And yeah, I like, I'm glad that if a team like the aces falls to fifth or sixth in, this, in the seeding this year because they get off to a <clears> start, I don't think anyone's going to count them out. They're still going to see, you know, they got Hanby, They got Chelsea Gray. They got Asia Wilson. Like. They're going to be a tough out no matter what, and hopefully that's this last playoffs where you know the the what fifth seeded Chicago and sixth seeded Phoenix made the finals. I I hope that's instructive to people this coming season. Like when we do our preseason predictions episode, I expect to see some wild finishes because it's not going to be a power ranking. It never is. It's never the best team finished one. And then the next, and then the next. It's not good. the Aces could finish realistically sixth in the league next year in the regular season, and it wouldn't shock me.
2: The sixth seed, and, I,
1: and the, the sixth seed just
2: won a title. Yeah, and it like, literally like wouldn't yeah. be the end of their year. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's so. the thing that's interesting here. It's like the new yeah. the new structure helps a lot of these teams more in that it's it's get in and make it happen. It's, like, it's I, all about are you healthy
1: and playing your best <laughs> basketball. Going into the playoffs. That's that's all mm. that never matters. Getting off to a hot yes. start is nice. Playing from ahead is nice, but that's
2: what it's always going to come down to. Absolutely. Um so obviously this is one of the the last huge dominoes in terms of free agency. We'll have a few other transactions across other teams over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I think now it's a lot of it's gonna be a lot of draft prep and and we'll see how all of that pans out. I do want to uh, to, to hit one college story before we put a full on bow on this. Um, and that was, we had some fun, sneaky Zapruder film over in Connecticut. Uh, and we're, we're getting wind Paige backers is back on the court. She's doing on court drills with the team. Uh, I don't believe there's a timeline for her dur- What her return to the roster would be. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what but-
1: the timeline is. <laughs>
2: When's when's round one? Yeah, that's the timeline yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's why, like Gino in his quotes, has just been like, "She'll be back when she's back." I like, I, I don't want to tell you guys. Um, here's my thought. My question on this, though: the Yukon Huskies are currently sitting at 17 and five. They're ranked 10th overall. Uh, a lot of teams would be more than happy with that, but obviously, knowing UConn's track record, uh, that comes with this level of frustration in some way or another. Uh, to my knowledge, I believe they have five regulation games left in the regular season before we go into conference play. I imagine we'll wait until the start of the NCAA tournament before we see Paige again, but there's a really good chance that conference tournament could be a really good leaner round. My question for you, Logan, is given the amount of time that she's been off the roster, given that we have seen some slip-ups from UConn and some of their younger players in this waiting period, if if you're taking on the personality of the rest of the country. Is this scary hours for the rest of the league? P- uh, Paige's imminent return, or does UConn have, uh, is her absence made UConn put up some hurdles that are going to be too difficult for them to overcome to extend their four, their final four streak? I think all but two teams in
1: the country are still going to be intimidated by UConn if Paige, if Paige Becker's lines up across from them in the March Madness tournament. I think South Carolina and Stanford have probably passed the point where they're intimidated by anybody. They know that they can go all the way and win and they've played all season like it. We just saw Louisville uh, slip up just a day or two ago. I still think they're a really crazy good squad, but knowing that they're even a little bit vulnerable makes me nervous uh, for them. Maybe they don't have that mindset, but I will have that mindset if they match up against the Yukon early on. Um, Right, yeah. Right now, UConn's ranked tenth in the country. They're they're gonna get a two or three seed in the tournament. I think people putting teams into the tournament are still gonna respect what they can do, and they're gonna understand that Paige was absent for a lot of the season. Um, they're I don't think they're gonna fall out of like a top four seed, which means their road to the championship is still you know they're not gonna meet up with a one or a two until the the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, um, I. Yeah, if if I was Michigan and I flirted with being a top four ranked team recently, or if I was NC State and I've got a handful of losses on my record, but I've looked shaky at stretches this year, I wouldn't feel great about matching up with a UConn team. I don't think anybody ever wants to play UConn in the tournament, but yeah. like, <laughs> those, those teams that have been on top of the standings all year long, I think Stanford and South Carolina are the only two that I would trust uh, in to, to play their game and to not be shaken by a full, healthy UConn squad.
2: I think the only thing that truly hurts UConn's chances of another Final Four, if they happen to be slotted in the same region as South Carolina, which I just don't think I you have to believe someone in that room for letting that <laughs> bracket is there to make sure we're not stupid enough to avoid that being at least a Final Four matchup, if not a potential championship game matchup. And so I don't necessarily see that happening. If they line up in the same region as Stanford, uh, that could be tough. I think that puts a lot of things at risk. And obviously I think any of the top 10 to top 16 teams have a legitimate shot at UConn matching up with them, but I wouldn't necessarily see it as scary. It would just be another competitive game on, on the, you know, on the road of a potential deep run
1: on their best day, Arizona, Baylor, Indiana, like teams like that, they can square off against UConn where in the past they would have probably just gotten rolled. Like the, the dynasty UConn that we know has existed in women's basketball for 20-something years, it still exists, but it, it doesn't look the same. right? Like They're still going to get all the best players that they want every offseason. They're still going to contend for championships every year, but it doesn't look the same. It's not we're running everybody off the court by 30 and 40 points a night. Mm-hmm. Um and especially in the March Madness tournament recently, you know, Sanford and South Carolina have kind of emerged as powers in this in this league and I maybe this is me just being a, a little biased towards South Carolina because they've just looked unstoppable all year and I know it's hard to win a tournament. So don't don't mistake what I'm saying now as as claiming that they're going to be the victors because winning what seven or eight consecutive single elimination games is hard for anybody. Yes. Um but I, you know, I would have a hard time taking UConn over those top teams. Um, even even with Paige out there, I think... I mean, think about last year's tournament. They played some incredibly competitive games. Um, that that Baylor-UConn game, I think, is my favorite uh, college women's tournament game I've ever watched. Um, although it left me heartbroken, I, I just loved everybody involved in that game. Um, it's, it's really hard to win in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I I think she will be out there on day one of the tournament. I think she's gonna get in enough work to be conditioned and ready to go. Um, but what's really gonna be interesting is as you mentioned, if their road past the Sweet Sixteen necessitates a win over a South Carolina, a Stanford, a Louisville, mm-hmm. um or just any team that's got big beef with them. <laughs> might think that they're that's all and speaking if, if of teams, yeah. Iowa on the right day, right? Like Iowa's going to be top twenty-five at the end of the year, but like not high up. That they're probably going to be a
2: five or six seed. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But speaking of teams that have beef with UConn, and also uh, to you know a team, a great team looking for a test. We've talked about South Carolina and what their roads looking like uh, Head to ABC on Sunday, one p.m. Eastern. Gamecocks and the Vols are are tipping off. That's going to be a huge matchup um, for you know for SEC lead up and all that goodness. I just thought I'd close that out on a plug, uh, but I think that really <laughs> wraps up the, the the time we have. But any just last immediate thoughts before we call this one off? No,
1: everybody. Uh, I am assuming this will come out sometime over the weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, the Olympics are going to wrap up soon, and then we've just got like a couple weeks before the tournament. And as as kind of disassociated as I felt from the Olympics this year, you guys know I've been in the chat talking about this tournament since like mid January. I think this is going to be one of the best women's brackets we've ever had. We love brackets on this show. This podcast's origins owe a lot of its kind of foundation to us just wanting to rank things and discuss the concept of, of brackets in general. So. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So very pumped for that. Um, I I know the, the activity we've seen in the chat today on the Twitch chat makes me feel like a lot of people are going to come in hot with
2: uh, with some good takes when we do our bracket episodes. So I'm excited Absolutely. For that. Absolutely. We've got uh, a big march just around the corner with conference play with the tournament. The, the Challenge Cup at WSL kicking off at the exact same time as the tournament. So it's going to be a lot of good times. And we'll be right here to join you for it. Uh, whether it's on Twitch or on our feed or, you know, anywhere else. Maybe you're running to us at a Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll chat with you. No problem at all. But until all of that, uh, thank you again for hanging out with us here on this episode of WNBA Nation. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Jones. And we've got you next time.